Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and I'm excited about our guest today. Greg Kokel is going to be with us. Greg holds MA degrees in apologetics and philosophy. He's spoken on more than 80 campuses across the United States. In fact, just uh, spoke here in Lexington at Transylvania and the University of Kentucky. Uh, He's hosted his own call-in radio talk show for more than 30 years. Greg is also the founder and president of Stand to Reason and serves as an adjunct professor of Christian apologetics at Biola University and is the author of several wonderful books, including the award-winning The Story of Reality and the best-selling Tactics. But today we're going to have Greg share with us about his latest book. It's a new book called Street Smarts, Using Questions to Answer Christianity's Toughest Challenges. Greg, thanks for being with us on Hope is Here today. Hey, Greg. I'm, I'm glad to talk with you and re- having you read all of that makes makes you know why I feel so tired. <laughs> hey, but thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you uh, love the history of your ministry and what thank you're you. doing. And uh, we've not really dealt with this topic before on Hope is Here. We've done over a thousand programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had John Meyer with Radio Christie on a mm-hmm. couple years ago. But mm-hmm. uh, what motivated you to write this book? Well, it's actually a follow-up to another book I wrote, Tactics. You mentioned that, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions. And um, what I teach is help people to navigate in difficult conversations using questions, all right? So uh, questions are really important. I I took a, a tip from... Lieutenant Colombo, the TV personality, many people might remember him. He kind of comes in under the radar, you know, asks these innocent questions. He gathers information, but slowly by slowly, he's building his case, and uh, and then he gets to the conclusion. And this is kind of the way uh, I have found over the years in engaging people on these topics, doing uh, 33 years of radio myself and speaking on all these campuses, call-in radio, people challenging. I found that it's it's so much better to engage them using questions. Um, instead of making statements, because you make statements, and then people can take exception with it. They can disagree with you. They can say, no, you're wrong about this, whatever. But if you can set it up in a way that you're using questions, uh, gathering information from them, that makes things safe for the Christian. And Greg, you know that this is a tough culture to engage with the claims of Christ. It's worse than it's ever been. I just had four days ago my 50th birthday as a Christian. I became a Christian during the Jesus uh, uh, revolution, so to speak, and uh, things were a lot easier then. You know, you share the simple gospel, and you pray the prayer with people, and they become Christians. And a lot of them endured, you know, but uh, nowadays there's so many so many things in the way of people taking Christianity seriously. They don't understand the language. They don't. Uh, they have these objections and whatever. And uh, a lot of Christians just sitting on the bench because they don't want to engage that dangerous environment. That's what I call the street. Okay, wherever you feel vulnerable, especially spiritually, and talking to other people about important spiritual concerns, because all these things are going to come up, and uh, you don't know how to handle them, so you stay out of the street, as it were. My goal with the book street smarts was is to provide the the kind of information and and the an overview of a technique so to speak that will help them make a big difference for christ in a way they never thought to uh of making before but a key part of this greg is what i call gardening okay you know jesus talked about in john chapter four he told the disciples after he talked to the woman at the well he said you are about to reap 
where you did not sow. You're about to reap where you did not sow. In other words, somebody else did the heavy lifting, and uh, they're going to get the easy pickings, so to speak, okay? And the principle here is before you can have a harvest, you always have to have a season of gardening, okay? Before you can have a reaping, you got to have the sowing. I call it gardening, okay? And it turns out that when the harvest is ready to go, like it was in Sychar in John chapter 4, the, the harvesting is easy to do. The fruit just drops into the basket. And uh, 50 years ago, when I became a Christian, that night, uh, my brother was there sharing Christ with me more in my apartment. I just told him, Mark, you don't have to tell me any more about Jesus. I've already decided I want to become a Christian, right? So in a very real sense, he didn't challenge me to receive Christ. I harvested myself. I'm I'm there. I've done it. And I've actually, and we know, of course, the Holy Spirit is doing the harvesting. But the reason I make this distinction is because if people think that they have to push towards the close of the deal, they got to get people to sign on the dotted line. They got to get them to pray to receive Christ. This is intimidating for them. And so they don't want to, they're scared to do it. So they don't do that. And what they don't realize is that whole motif of praying to receive Christ and coming forward at a church at an altar call to receive Christ or at a concert or something like that, that was characteristic of the Jesus movement, um, that's actually historically new. There are no altar calls in the book of Acts. There are no uh, invitations to pray to receive Christ as Lord and Savior um, in the New Testament. Now, I'm not against that, and God uses that, okay? But if people think that's the only way to do it, then, and they're scared of that, they're not going to do anything at all. And so what I'm trying to show people is get out in the garden. If I can give them tools to get in the garden, then they're going to do some gardening. And I'm convinced that, that, the, that the harvest is going to take care of itself. You don't have to worry about it. And in fact, uh, in the last three weeks since the book has come out officially, Greg, I've been taking polls of the class of the audiences that I've spoken to. And I ask them, how many people here are Christians who did not become a Christian by praying the sinner's prayer with somebody else or walking forward in a altar call? And the average of the audiences has been over 60% raise their hands. 60% did not get harvested by any Christian. They harvested themselves, you know, after a fashion. It was the Holy Spirit that brought them in. What was going on, though? In their lives, there were people that were gardening. They were giving a little here, a little there. I call it putting a stone in someone's shoe, just giving them something to think about. And, uh, and this is where qu- questions, when used properly, and that's what the book's tactics and the sequel, Street Smarts, are about, when used properly, are very powerful to get people thinking about spiritual things without having the pressure on the Christian of trying to get that person to pray to receive Christ, or even the pressure on the non-Christian that he's got to confront that and maybe not be ready, and then you might bruise the fruit a little bit. So um, the the motivation, back to your your original question, was to give Christians a tool to garden and do effective work to move people closer to the harvest without worrying about the harvest. And I have had so many people, Greg, it's amazing to me, have come up to me. The Tactics book has been out for 14 years. Uh, the Street Smarts just came out, which is an extension of that. It's a standalone book. You don't have to get tactics in order to understand how to do the game plan. We can maybe talk about that in a moment. But what, it, uh, what, uh, what people have told me, 
very flattering and humbling, really. But the phrase I hear the most often is, this book changed my life. And what they mean is that it changed their approach to engaging people in evangelism about Christianity or some of the ethical issues that are part of Christianity that are under challenge now. It changed my life. And where evangelism used to be scary and hard and difficult for them and not very productive, now they look forward to having the casual, warm, relaxed conversations they are able to have if they employ the game plan I talk about by using questions. The key here is questions keep you safe. And that's going to get a lot more people out into the uh, out into the garden so we can have a bigger harvest. Well, that was some interesting things in preparing for our time that you know talking about, you know, instead of worrying about having the answers, having proper questions really that's helps right. that gardening process. Is that what you're that's trying to right. say? Exactly. And in fact, uh, I taught this last night at a church here locally, and I made a promise to them when I taught the tactical game plan. And I said, I'm going to give you a, a game plan that will allow you to converse with confidence in any situation, no matter how little you know, or how knowledgeable or aggressive or even obnoxious the other person happens to be. It's very simple to do. You don't have to know anything to initiate the game plan and be productive. Now, this is surprising to some people. How can you do that? By using questions in this three-point game plan that I use. But then when I explain it to them, they realize how how straightforward it is and how simple it can be to uh, to use a couple of steps and a couple of key questions to move the conversation forward in a productive way, even though, though there's no danger to the Christian. What are some of the questions that you're finding that college students are asking? Well, they're asking a lot of questions about uh, the, the nature of the Bible, the, the reliability of Scripture. You know, they're asking about things that are in Scripture that are uh, things that bother them. They don't like the idea that Jesus is the only way. For example, they don't like things they read in the Old Testament. Uh, they tend to be pro-abortion, and Christians seem to be pro-life, and they don't like that either, and we're pro-life for a very good reason. There's a biblical justification for that. Um, they, they have questions about uh, sexuality. These are big issues, right? now and uh, partly because they're not just academic for students they are they are things that touch their activity in their lives and i'm going to first to acknowledge that that this environment with college students especially because of the aggressive doctrination that they're getting on a whole lot of what really turn out to be liberal or leftist points of view that the christians when they come in just kind of in a sense baldly with the truth we're just presenting the truth um it's not it sounds so foreign to them, they're not even interested in listening. And this is why probing with questions about what they actually believe or what their objections are to Christianity and getting more information, I call that gathering information, getting intel. That's the first step of the game plan. That's why it's so helpful because even though we're not making our case against the tough issue, at least we're having that other person kind of get their ideas out on the table for us. We're having a friendly conversation. We're showing interest in them, and we're being a student of their view, all right? Now, this is counterintuitive a lot of times because the Christian wants to talk and tell them about the gospel, and if they have a complaint against us, why are we having them talk more about their complaint? But I'm just going to have to say at this particular point, trust me on this, because the more that they talk about their view— the, especially if it's a false view, 
the bigger the hole is, they are digging for themselves because their view is false. They don't realize it. And a lot of things that I have in the book Street Smarts is to help them see how these particular views are false. The reasons why, not just they are false, Jesus is the only way, but the challenges that they offer, I can see the the holes in it, so so to speak. The, we expose the flaws. You got to know what those flaws are in order to be able to use questions to expose those flaws. And that's what Street Smarts does on a variety of different issues, whether it's atheism, two chapters on that. There's a chapter on the problem of evil, uh, which I think is atheism's fatal flaw. It's not a fatal flaw for Christians. It's a fatal flaw for atheism, and I explain why. There's two chapters on abortion. There's two chapters on uh, the Bible and problems with the Bible, science in the Bible, or challenges to the Bible like slavery or alleged genocide and these kinds of things. And uh, there's a, the chapters on sex and gender and and, uh, and uh, marriage, for example. Uh, the point is that I'm trying to touch base with street smarts and all the main issues that people are raising Talk about what's wrong, that's part of the education, and then offer the kinds of questions that you can be asking other people to step-by-step help expose the flaw in the thing they actually believe. That's such good stuff. Just tuned in. We've been talking with Greg Kokel. He is the author of several wonderful books. We're talking about his latest book. It's called Street Smarts, Using Questions to Answer Christianity's Toughest Challenges. Uh, Greg, we got about 30 seconds left. Somebody's saying, man, I, I want to get this book. What's the best way for them to get a well, copy of this um, book? Well, actually, you can go to our website at Stand to Reason. That's the organization I represent, str.org. Or you can just go to Amazon. I mean, that's a real quick way as well. So standard ways of purchasing the book. But it's available, and uh, it's doing really well. I'm glad it's well-received at the moment. All right. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. But the good news is, is Greg's going to be back with us for another program. So we're going to continue talking about this wonderful book called Street Smarts. If you've been blessed by this program, I hope you'll share it with somebody else. For Greg Kokel, I'm Greg Horn. I hope that you'll stay with us again as we'll continue talking about this wonderful book called Street Smarts, using questions to answer Christianity's toughest challenges on hope is here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Did you know that Hope is Here is also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? You can find all of these at Hope is Here Lex. Also, check out the daily one-minute Cup of Hope, available on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That helps you keep your cup hopeful. To find out more information, go to our website, www.hopeishertoday.org. That's www.hopeishertoday.org.